Thank you for listening today to the Kingdom Business Coaching KBC Keys Podcast. And now your hosts, the co-founders of Kingdom Business Coaching, Patrice Seguet, Scott Landis, and Deborah Slot. Welcome to the KBC Keys Podcast. I'm Patrice Seguet with Scott Landis and Deborah Schlock. And we are here continuing in our growth series. I know that you guys are probably getting tired of this growth series, but this is a long series and an important one and a critical one. And so we've dealt last session, we, we dealt with the marketing and sales for growth. We dealt with the idea of marketing sales as the engine for growth. Now we're going to deal with something that's not very sexy or fancy, something that entrepreneurs <laughs> shy away from, which is growth measurements. Growth measurements. Um, anything worth doing is worth measuring. We heard the term, right? Um, and and entrepreneurs are artists. Okay, not all, but most, because entrepreneurs that create, they develop they're artists. And the thing that artists do not like <laughs> is when they have to quantify the outcome of their art, because they enjoy the doing of it. When they have to quantify it, it kind of takes the the excitement out of it, right? Mm -hmm. You know, I tell you, I'm an artist and, and I love to teach and I love to develop content and so forth. If I could just do it on an ended amount of time without having to worry about how to monetize it, without having to worry about how much time I'm spending on it, without having to worry about how much content is too much, if I don't have, if all of that is removed, subconsciously I feel like I would be so much more productive. But that's a flaw of thinking, isn't it? Because limitations, quantifiability, the idea that things sustainably actually make us better geniuses. Because without that, there's the alternative, which is waste, right? If I don't have the boundaries and the guardrails and the frame of measurements and having to think about, you know, cost and delivery, execution and distribution and think about, then I'll waste. Then I'll just create content all the time. <laughs> That will go nowhere for my own satisfaction, right? And that's the case for me, but for many entrepreneurs, you can use that same example. I love to cook, and I don't, I enjoy cooking so much that I don't care how much it costs me per plate, because I want the best food, the best taste, the highest quality. I don't care how long it takes me to make the food. Why? Because whatever long it takes to make great food, right? I don't care about the pilot of, because if it tastes good for me, if it's good to, for your health, then it should be good for everybody. <laughs> so I don't think about all that because think about that, create the sense of restriction for me. So when marketing itself tells me that particular meal is not moving, that particular menu or the menu is not moving, do they know it's the best meal on the menu? <laughs> right? So in other words, sometimes as an artist or entrepreneur, my own personal bias and passion, right, get extended out and I feel hurt or feel as though my creativity is being messed with when the measurements, first when I'm, when I'm imposed measurements, and second, when the measurement tells me that what I feel is not what's true. So let's deal with that growth measurement. So first, guy, let me ask you. I've kind of give grand. I kind of gave my ramble about <laughs> why I think this is important and why you have struggled. So, Deborah, let's start with you. What are your thoughts? First, why are measurements important? Let's say your thoughts. Why growth measurement? Why is it important? 
as you said earlier, we have to measure to know our effectiveness. We need to know if what we're if we're doing the right thing in the right way for the right results. Mm-hmm. If we we can't like sometimes. Um, we can know that intuitively, but it needs to be backed up with fact, and that's where measurements come into mind. That's where you know if you need to make adjustments. You know, that there's a saying that says time is money, and we need to understand the value of our time um, that we're spending on um, activities around marketing or any of these um, other activities so that we know if we're, we're being effective or not. Are we getting the results that we need to have in order to keep our our uh, organization profitable and sustainable and being able to move ahead. It's a stewardship issue, isn't it? It really is. It's how we use our time, our money, our our talent. You talked about being a cook and just wanting to cook meals. And you know the um, and, and that's where the satisfaction came out of. But if nobody's eating those meals, right, if that food is going to waste, that isn't a very good use of your skills and your talents and your abilities. But- Deborah, they don't look good for when they see it. <laughs> that may be true. <laughs> you haven't marketed it effectively. <laughs> Scott, why is measurement important? Well, there's there's a there's an uh, old famous story. I think it's about um, Charles Schwab in in the managing a steel mill or something, where he comes in that he was concerned about the production of this this mill, and he comes in and he writes a huge number on the floor uh, in chalk, and he doesn't say anything. He just puts the number on the floor, and there's like some buzz about it, and people are like, "What is this number? Why did the boss put the number on the ground?" And they find out. That he he just he just wrote down he measured how many you know how productive they were they got six whatever out of this um, day, and um, and then the, sure enough the next day they got seven and then the <laughs> next day they got he just kept writing the number and so the old adage like you know what get what gets measured gets done wow. so if you just apply a simple measurement like Charles Schwab did, things start to happen but if you know before that things weren't happening. So it didn't start to increase production until you started writing something on the floor. And so that's very archaic and very, you know. But I love the example. But it worked. It works. It's real. It's real. When, when I think of Schwab, I'm thinking financial services. Mm-hmm. But then the Schwab, they probably started in manufacturing. Is that, is that what it was? Yeah, Schwab? I mean, I could have the names wrong, but okay. I'm, I, I think it was um, Steel. This, okay. Back okay. in the Steel, steel. days. Okay. Yeah. So that Carnegie been... or someone, huh? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So what gets measured gets done. Right. And growth, the growth is about getting it done. Before we get into measurements, let's tie to values and relationship. So Deb, on the relationship, actually, let's let's deal with, let's go back one and then the other. Let's go to the values key. Oftentimes, entrepreneurs and even employees feels like measurement gets in a way of us really important because you can't quantify everything. You're the wise gal. Speak to that. And I know that that's that's part of your mantra as well. So I'm putting you on the spot here. Well, it is. I, I think that there is, I'm not gonna say the word balance, but I think that there's there is truth to both sides of that. But we without measurements, we cannot determine, as I said earlier, um, the effectiveness or the ability that we have. What is our output? And especially for employees, uh, from a human resources perspective, um, you know, there are certain um, measurements that have to be met in order to be a keep your viable employment. That's just the bottom line. That's a fact. 
if you're not meeting those measurements, if you're not meeting the, that effectiveness in some way, then then you have a performance issue that needs to be addressed. Mm. And how do I make sure, Deborah, that as I deal with that in my company, that it doesn't negatively impact my company's culture, where my people may be thinking that the boss only care about the numbers. And, and that's where relationships come into play mm, with it, right? Good. So as relation, the relationship and the um, the justice of that application mm. of uh, expectations for performance um, come into play. So if the playing field is the same, everyone has the same expectation, mm. and that that management is keeping good relationship and good um, uh, care about the individual in other aspects, as not only in production. Then there is an understanding within the culture itself that, yes, there are expectations. And yes, the company does care about me, but I also have to care about what I do. Awesome. I love it. Well said, Scott. Let's go to the relationship key. Okay, how do I make sure that I have this, measure, this culture of measurements without negatively impacting on relationships? Uh, well, what comes to mind for me is that you do have to measure the relationship key too, because mm -hmm. we talk about the importance of creating margin. Um, you know, you start out from nothing. You don't have a financial margin. You have to create margin somewhere. And we talk about there's something magical that happens if you create margin in relationships, and that can be leveraged down the road for growth margin. Um, so, I mean, measuring measuring that, and you know, kind of. You can you can keep. Uh, I developed a, a relationship wheel f back in the uh, for Nehemiah week for people to like measure different relationships. How are they doing with the relationship with God? How are they doing with the relationship with the family? But you know, customers, uh, vendors, all that. And if something's totally out of whack, it, if you can measure that, if you can say on a scale of one to ten, how am I doing? Then you can start to adjust it. I love it. So in a sense, here's what I'm hearing you say, Scott. Because I'm on the growth key. You're saying take that idea of measurements back down mm -hmm. to relationship. Because if you're measuring your relationship, the quality of your relationships, then most likely as you get to the other measurements, they'll be aligned. And Deborah, that means I also got to measure how effective are we doing in implementing our values. That's right. Right? That's right. So, so this relationship is not, this measurement thing is not one-dimensional. It's, it's holistic. So with that, let's talk about the measurement tools that I might use. Now, there are two tools that we talk about in Kingdom Business Coaching. Uh, the idea of the uh, scorecard. Uh, and the scorecard, and we adapted the idea of the balance scorecard, barred from the Harvard guys, the balance scorecard, meaning that your scorecard got to include other things more than just financial. Right, it has to be holistic. It has to be three keys based. So here's what I get from from you, Scott. So my scorecard, I have to think about my relationship key. I got to think about my growth key, and I got to think about my values key as well. What do I have? What metrics do I have to measure my effectiveness in all of those things? The two key scorecards that we use is the business scorecards, where we tie back to Kingdom Business, dealing with people, planet, profit, and eternity having measurements around all those things. And then we have the 360 personal scorecard or personal dashboard where you're measuring your, your personal relationships and your personal, the things that like your giving and, and your family and your spiritual life and your health and wellness and all those kinds of things. 
So we look at scorecard or measurements as holistic. Because that's part of the problem when you hear thoughts of this. Because the only time that the measurements goes out of whack is when it's one-dimensional and it's not balanced. Deborah, thoughts of that? Yeah, and I'm thinking as well that, you know, it's important for management or owners to be um, not reactive, mm -hmm. that they have already established uh, ahead of time, and we're getting close to the end of the of the annual calendar year here, but, you know, in planning ahead, what are the expectations for the following year mm -hmm. or the following quarter? Mm -hmm. What do we need? And have those been communicated so that others are coming along? So that no one's taken by surprise, right? If if financials aren't met, we, we already know what those are. Those have been reported along the way um, that, that uh, we're looking at them routinely. So I think that, that it's about having a uh, forward thinking, forward looking, knowing what the expectations are, coupled with um, ongoing measurements of where we are today. I love it. Clear expectation. Scott. I think about you know when 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 you're talking about the um, scorecard and the personal dashboard. I mean, it's putting gauges. I, I think about this dashboard. You put gauges on all the things that are important, and if you only look at one measurement, you know, mm -hmm. the typical one is um, profitability or revenue. You know, income. If income is your is your one thing you're just staring at, you know, if you're driving down the road and you're just staring at one gauge. And you forget about all the other things, all of a sudden you're out of gas. Yeah. So, I mean, we, we can all think of stories where somebody's hugely successful from a worldly perspective, uh, income-wise. Makes all this money, maybe is able to give a lot of money, but the family's Losing ruined family. along the way yeah. and completely unfulfilled. One comes to mind. Yeah? Yeah, one comes to mind as you're talking, yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, I mean, think about, like, uh, Robin Williams, who... Mm -hmm. Um, ended up committing suicide yeah. a few years back. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that guy had everything, That's right. all yeah. the success, That's right. and yeah. and everybody loved him, mm -hmm. and he still was unfulfilled and committed suicide. I love it. I love it. So now let's talk about some of the things that I may want to consider measuring. So let's start with you, Deborah. So I'm going to just call on you, kind of give him what, what's one thing I, I, I need to measure, consider measuring, and let's maybe talk about how to, how to maybe measure that. Of course, we can't get exhaustive here. That's why, again, I think taking the class would help. Uh, Bill Conscious, of course, can help you, our listeners, with, with this. But, of course, um, reach out to us at kbckeys.com to, to, uh, to have a coaching relationship with us to help you in this area if, if you so desire. But... What's one thing that's important to measure from your angle, Well, I think, um, you know, I think consistency of your staff and employees is really important. Mm. The cost of hiring, mm. training, and letting people go is mm. extremely high to any business. So staff retention. So staff retention or staff turnover, turnover. rate. Um, you can couple with that your employee uh, satisfaction rate. I love it. I along love it. with that. So, so number one, you raise because it's it's the cost. It's the cost. Yeah, the cost of hiring is mm -hmm. is tremendous. When you lose a key staff person yeah. or even a non performer, yeah. the ramp up time and cost uh, to to acquire a new mm -hmm. replacement employee. Mm -hmm. Get them in place, train them for what the, to do the work, and then to to expect um, production from them, uh, or whatever it may be, yeah. is extremely high. You know, one of the things that I realized through personal experience, because before, I didn't think much of this, until I went through a season where we had a lot of turnover, 
And I had this aha that my staff were tired of change from the standpoint of retention. Right. Whether good or bad. In other words, it doesn't matter whether the person leaving should have left or not left, whether they were, should have been fired or not fired. That's the issue's not there. But the reality is when you have too many folks coming in and out, it creates a morale issue. So besides the cost of replacement, the loss of productivity, you also have the morale. People start wondering what's going on. There's this uncertainty in the air. And that really um, caused me to really step back and say, wow, it's kind of like a family where kids get adopted, if, you know, mm-hmm. and you can get adopted, and then all of a sudden it turn around. So where's Johnny? Don't get attached to anyone around here. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, you know, it creates this, that's right, it creates a sense of not want to be attacked. Because mm-hmm. the reality is that human beings in a healthy business culture, people get attached to each other. You know, again, good or bad, what did they perform? Non-performance, get, they become friends, they become family, they care for them. And then that just that change creates this, Huge way to learn culture. Yeah. Well, not only not only within the within the organization, but from outside the organization, right. people start looking in. That's right. It could be your board. That's it could right. be stockholders. Right. It could the be customers. customers. Um, so even like every week, I call this. That's somebody new. <laughs> What's going on, John? And, and even potential employees that's are right. saying, "I don't think I want to go work that's there." Right. It's right. sort of like a turn. Their turnover that's rate right. is so high. Awesome. Yeah. So you yeah. got to measure that. Scott, what's one thing that um, it's important to measure? Well, last uh, session, last podcast, we got to talk about marketing. And I love talking to entrepreneurs about, you know, rethinking your marketing budget because you can have an unlimited marketing budget if you know your costs per new customer acquisition. So how much overall are you spending to convert to one customer in your marketing? And if you take that full amount, how much you're spending to convert one, you know your cost per acquisition is a simple division. And then if you compare that to your lifetime value of a customer, in other words, not just like how much you make on that first sale, but you know, what's the average time you keep a customer? You know, let's say it's five years. And then how much do you make per year on a per customer? And then you multiply that. Now you know your lifetime value. So if your cost per acquisition is, it could be really high. It could be $1,000 or $1,500. But if your lifetime value of a customer is Mm $10,000, how many times do you want to spend $1,500 to make $10,000? All day long, right? right? So then you have this unlimited marketing budget. I love it. I love it. So what it tells me that measurements also helps me to know how to focus my energy and resources. It helps me think strategically. It also helps me be wise about what I'm trying to do versus mm-hmm. just second guess or feel like I'm spending too much money when I'm really not. Yeah, because if you know your cost per acquisition and you look at different activities, marketing activities, you can say, this one, it cost me $200 cost per acquisition. This one cost me $500 cost per acquisition. I'm going to spend more time on the $200 one. Because there's, you know, lots, right. every every single one has That's its right. own measurement. That's right. But what you're saying, though, if the person I spent $500 on, if my, the lifetime value of that person is $10,000, the person I spent $200 on, the lifetime value is $3,000, sure. then I actually want to spend more time on the one that I spent $500 on. Wouldn't that be true? Yep. Because I'm, I'm now measuring not just what I'm spending, I'm measuring against the outcome that I get out of it. This is, this is like free, guys. This is just, <laughs> if you just listen to our podcast every week for the rest of your life, you may never have to pay for it. We're just way too that. generous here. <laughs> we got slow it down. Good stuff. Dad, yes. so what's the one thing that 
maybe good to measure, important measure? Well, you know, I think when we, we've talked earlier, a few weeks ago, about um, key performance indicators, knowing what those key performance indicators are and, and keeping a close watch on those. Um, and I think within those, um, I think cash flow is probably one of them that uh, and the financial side that really needs to have a careful eye each and every week. Know where you're at with your cash. Oh, wow. You said it a lot there. So first, let's deal with the idea of key performance indicators. Of course, we dealt with that, I think, three, three or four podcasts, three podcasts ago. And, and, and the idea, of course, key fund indicators is shapes your dashboard, right? Shapes your, your scorecard. They, they are a compilation of several metrics that you're measuring. I think are critical to the health of the business. And one of them you picked is cash. So cash, we've got a customer we're dealing with right now who are a client who who very profitable, uh, double in the last 12 months. But one of the strain right now is cash. And we're literally right now drilling into the find out where is the cash flow issue, right? It's like, it's like you know, find, find a needle in a, in a haystack, mm -hmm. right? You're trying to real drill down. Because if we can figure that out, where are the, where, where are the leaks? We can then, because, we, because you can't keep growing if no matter how much revenue you're getting, if you're not able to, um, to, to know how we, well you're doing cash. So doing a simple cash flow statement, you know, looking at that 12, 36 months down, that allows you to then see your net cash over a particular period, right? Or your cash flow, whether your cash flow is negative over an extended period, because you may be profitable, but may have negative cash at that bottom there. And you would take the total, um, your, your total, total, your total, um, your collective, your total collective ca negative cash flow, you towel that up, that should be the amount of money that you can then front end into your cash flow strategy to then determine that what you have to have in order to make it work. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That means either you have to get that through external capital or you have to increase your collection rate, right? Or take your price up. Or in some cases, reduce expenses, you know, actual expenses to get more cash so that you can then able to know how much, you know, how much liquidity I have to go through. Because here's the deal. Cash is the blood of the company. Mm -hmm. It's the lifeblood of the company. You run out of cash, it doesn't matter how innovative your business, doesn't matter how competitive you are, it doesn't matter how much talent you got, Even how much profit. technology you got, how much how proud you are. You are going out of business, period. That's right. So you've got to you've got to have clear metrics to measure that. One thing that's simple, I tell folks, is build a reserve. And then when you start dipping into your reserves, no matter what you don't know, something's off. Mm -hmm. It may be for a right reason. It may be temporary. When you start into your reserve, when you see yourself having um, consistently no, low reserves or no reserves, then something's off. You got to make sure you know what it is so that you can be able to address it. Because if you ignore it after a while, you're going to find yourself very dry. Yeah. But what you said, Patrice, is really important about ignoring it. You have to have the discipline. This is what I admire about you. You have the discipline of every week or several times a week looking at cash flow. Every day. Every day. <laughs> every day That's looking right. at cash flow and ensuring that the organizations are on the right track. That's right. That's and right. where do we need to make some adjustments if those are necessary to do? What do, what does, what do we need to do? Is uh, what staff needs to do in order to make That's a difference. Right. I, I look at I look at I look at our bank account balance twice a day. 
beginning of the day, end of the day. And I, I look at overall cash position every week in terms of just looking at what's coming in, what's going to come in, and a month review. Because that gives me always a gauge so that I don't find myself too far off and I can detect a problem way before it happens so I can know what to do to address it. And entrepreneurs don't like looking at financial statements for the most part either. Right. We have to be disciplined that's and we right. have to and we have to be brave. That's right, that's right. <laughs> I think Sometimes it was I think it was Snoop Dogg who said I got my mind on my money and my money on my mind. There it is. <laughs> Listen to that prophet. I'm telling you, man. I'm telling you. Sometimes out of the mouth of street prophets, wisdom comes. I'm not sure how kind of businessman he is, but he got that one right. Scott, what's one thing? Give me one more thing. Another measurement? Yeah. All right. So, again, I'm a marketing. So, there's this inverse relationship between time on one end of the spectrum and cost uh, you, when you spend money, when you spend some, when you invest in marketing, it's going to cost you either time or money mm -hmm. or somewhere in between. So in general, things that cost the least in marketing cost the most time. And the things that don't take as much time cost the most Good. in money. Mm -hmm. So no matter what, I mean, if you're just starting out and you're thinking about what can I spend, uh, uh, I need to grow. I need to, you know, last time we talked about sowing and reaping, I need to sow. I don't have any money to sow. Well, then there's things that maybe cost more time. And usually when you're just starting, you've got enough time, you just don't have the money. So think about as you start, think about the things that, you can go to networking meetings. You can mm -hmm. do referral sessions. You can. What can you spend your time on? You can, you know, meet with people, and um, over time, you can start to. Uh, as your time gets less, you have less time to invest in marketing. You can start to think about what. Uh, are things you can leverage your money on, like uh, Google AdWords, for example, uh, pay-per-click on the internet. You can do advertising. So just always think that uh, there's this inverse relationship between time and money and marketing costs. You know what I love about that idea, Scott, is that oftentimes people say, well, I don't have any money, so I don't, I, I can't market. You're saying, but you have time. Mm -hmm. But then you're saying, measure that, mm -hmm. because there may come a time where it's no longer worth investing the time. Mm -hmm. Because now you have the money, and now you can create a, a mix. Mm -hmm. I love that. So that means, guess what, guys? No matter how much money, forgive my English, you don't got, you can market. Mm -hmm. You just got to measure it. You guys got to measure it. Mm -hmm. our, guys, our time, unfortunately, is up. I mean, we can give it to you all for free, but only for so much, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, we'd be out of business. But we sowing. This is this is an example of market of sowing and reaping, right? That's right. I mean, we we're we're sowing as as for business coaching. We're sowing, giving a lot of free stuff, a lot more free stuff. Going sowing, 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 believing that there'll come a time where we're going to begin to reap. What does that mean for us? That means new coaching clients. That means coaches that adapt our systems. That means uh, uh, franchisees or affiliates, what do we call them? Uh, our international affiliates. International affiliates that, that, that buy our uh, business accelerator uh, system and so forth. So for us, we are sowing, we are applying what we're teaching, right? We are living proof of the very thing that we are teaching. So let's do our takeaways. This was good stuff. You know, uh, as you prepare your takeaways, uh, you know, on our next talk, we're gonna deal with growth culture, which is one of my favorite, uh, because I don't wanna get into that, but let's do our takeaways. <laughs> um, so Deb, what's your takeaway for this, for this one? You know, I, I, 
I just want to say from a general standpoint how important it is to measure. It takes time, mm. but the time that you spend on it um, will come back to you mm. in, in the results that you achieve. Yeah, yeah. It, it's about having that discipline mm. and um, and placing it as, as important as that next meeting that you have. I love it. Scott. I liked what we talked about, about having a balanced scorecard and you know if you get too focused on one thing and you forget the um, the opposite side of that um, you gotta you gotta measure everything you got well not everything you gotta measure everything that's important and make sure that there's balance created I love it because if you're not measuring it then it must not be important to you mm-hmm. no matter what lip service you give to it mm. that's right right. Guys, measure your growth because the only way to grow is to measure it. Well, again, visit us at kbckeys.com, kbckeys.com. There you can listen to a whole lot of other podcasts. And of course, we are on iTunes and on Stitcher and on SoundCloud. There you can uh, subscribe to this podcast and receive them on a weekly basis directly in your phone or your or your email so that you can stay in tune with us and continue to learn and grow to help your business. Let me leave you with this prayer. May God give you the grace and favor to build a transformational company that impacts people, planet, is profitable, and impacts eternity. God bless you. Thanks for listening today. To find out more and to discover some great resources, go to KingdomBizCoaching.com. That's KingdomBizCoaching.com. Contact us. Our email address is info at KingdomBizCoaching.com. And now, may God bless your business today.